hello. Once again, here we are back together again at Pastor B's Kitchen Table. I do thank God for you joining us again on this Friday. Every Friday we get together, we chop it up, break it down, and put it back together again right here at the kitchen table. As I've been telling you for the past four weeks, there are no guests with me today. However, guests are coming. Or oh, we've discovered a new way to kind of bring our guests in. We're going to zoom them in. So beginning in the next couple of weeks, some of that long laundry list of guests that I told you that I had, we're going to start bringing some of them in. Because there's some great topics we need to talk about right here and right now. But today you have me, and I have you, and I'm so glad that we have each other. Because there's a topic I want to talk about right now that I know that is very dear to your heart, very dear to my heart. It should be on everyone's heart. And that is the issue that a few weeks ago I listened to a radio broadcast. It was a call-in show. And it was a call-in show that was related to families, and they were calling in and talking about their family. You know, the normal things about marriage and the normal things about husbands, normal things about children. Just a normal call-in radio show. But then someone called in and flipped the radio show. They flipped the radio show because when they called in, they were talking kind of a hushed tone. And they were saying that they're living in the same apartment with their ex, with their ex-spouse. And they're there because of the COVID pandemic, and they're living together. And what the lady was saying on the phone is that I'm about to kill him. Now, of course, the host thought she was being, you know, just, just kind of facetious or just being sarcastic and just assumed that, you know, it's just someone just having a bad day. No, she literally was saying, I'm about to kill him. I can't stand him. I hate him. I loathe him. I wish he would go to sleep. Because if he goes to sleep, I promise you, that will be his last time ever waking up. Because she said that I'm going to kill him. And then when the host realized, we're really talking to a woman right now who's on the verge of murder. Premeditated murder. She's calling the radio show to let them know in a matter of minutes, if, if he closes his eyes, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to take him out. Which, which caused me to think about for a moment just the environment they're living in. And I want to talk about this whole thing right now during this COVID crisis of just the spike we're having in domestic violence. Many times we say it's the man that's doing it, but in that call, what was so frightening was at first that it was the wife who was calling and also because she was literally uh, prepping herself, preparing herself, and preparing others to know that this guy is going to be gone tomorrow morning. And they were trying to talk her off the wall and things like that. But the reality of it is, is that many of you have been struggling with it. You know someone who's right now caught up in a domestic violence situation. And this whole uh, sheltering in place doesn't make it better. In fact, it actually uh, forces it to become worse than what it really is. I just kind of pulled some numbers together for a minute here. And I say that right here in Harris County, there's been a 158% spike in domestic violence. Uh, these, these women's emergency centers, have shot up 40 to 70 percent of people requesting uh, sheltering because it is just going just crazy when you combine the fact of people who cannot work and there are shortfalls in finances and there's the stress not an excuse for it not an excuse for it but it's the reality of it it's the stress it's the shortfall some people are struggling with food and some people have sicknesses and some people have had have had uh, division for a mighty, mighty long time. In fact, uh, uh, it's called intimate terrorism. And it's not only here in Texas. 
this has become also a global pandemic that across Italy, across all the European countries, what you're seeing is a spike in domestic violence in which those people who are being forced together, forced quarantine, forced sheltering in place, all the hatred, all the spite, all the, all the domestic differences have now bowled up to the surface and now they're fighting beyond just fighting. They're strategizing how to remove each other. Now, I'm talking to someone today, and you know what it is like to be involved in a domestic situ violence situation. You know what that is like. Maybe some man, some woman, who knows what it is like. Uh, I, I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar with growing up and seeing families uh, growing up, and, and, and there's, there's fighting, there's fussing. I always tell the story, growing up with a family that I knew quite well, and, 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 and they had a father, and the father was great, Monday through Friday. But then, on, but then on Friday evening, he got paid. And from Friday evening until Sunday night, he was a terror. He was a hard man. He was a drunkard. And he would beat everything and everybody in the house. And, and so I, I watched that as a child. didn't know what it was, but I knew it wasn't right. So what about you today? Where you are right now? How are you dealing with the stressors? How are you dealing with domestic violence? Are you around someone? Are you in an environment right now in which you are thinking about doing something that's sinister, something that is sinful, something that brings no glory or honor to God? Are you in a place right now in which you just hate to be? Oh, I know you probably never talk about it, but this is the kitchen table. And at the kitchen table, we talk about everything. And right now, I know there are some of you that are watching me right now. You have friends. You have loved ones. You have sorrows. You have, you have frat brothers who are right now in an environment in which it is literally a hostile environment. It is an environment right now in which there's great hostility. There's even hatred. And, and not just among the parents. Also with the children. Some of you are quarantined with your adult children. And right now, that is a house on fire. How are you handling that? What are you doing right now? How, how are you bringing down the temperature? I know how you lower the thermostat. But how are you lowering the, the, the actual temptation to literally act a fool up in there? I wish somebody would talk about it right now. Because there are literally men and women who are dying. There's literally men and women who are being rushed off to emergency rather. They're being rushed off in which, in which they, have, they have facial laceration. They've been, they've been beaten. They've been shot. And this is really, really happening. And, and so in the midst of talking about going back to work, in the midst of talking about opening up America, in the midst of talking about all these things that we just need to get done, that we can go and once again go to the liquor store and go back to the restaurant and buy, buy a hamburger and sit down, we need to talk also about this issue related to domestic violence. Because the root of this thing isn't just we're jamming together. It's the fact that the reality of our hearts are messed up. It's usually uh, uh, control issues. It's usually an abuser is someone who's used to being in control or is fighting for control and would do anything to anyone to regain that dominance and that control. Some of you on the sound of my voice, you have been abused. You have been in a domestic violence situation. And what caused you not to fight back, what caused you to take it, is that he or she, had lorded over you, and he or she had made you feel like dirt, 
made you feel as if you had no value, no worth. You were just good to be there. And they had a dominance over you, but the dominance over you was a devilish dominance. And so it caused you to, to cower, to fear. Perhaps you were escaping, running from something else. And maybe this was going to be your panacea. This was going to be the place in which you could find some refuge and strength. But you realize that it's not like that. That he or she is a dangerous individual. And so what are you doing right now? Are you crying out for help? Who are you talking to? Because I know that many people suffer in silence. And I want to ask you today, what are you doing? Who have you told? What friend? What what? church member? What ministry person have you told? Have you called the police? Have you reached out just to someone in your intimate circle? Who are you telling? Have you told your children? Don't tell anybody. I'm saying that this has to be exposed. And I know I'm talking to someone right now and that fear has dominated you for a long time because the threat of it is, what if he does something not just to you, but what if he or she does something to your children? And so in the of trying to protect the family, protect the children, you don't anything. It's never right for a man or a woman to beat on you. It's never right for them to verbally abuse you and to talk to you as if you're a dog without a tail. It is never right for them to emotionally, to emotionally attack you, to emotionally to drain you, to emotionally be your judge and your jury. I need to say this because you've been in an environment where you haven't heard this. And I want to remind you of this. This is a dangerous thing. I grew up in an environment, I tell you that I've seen a lot, I've experienced a lot, and, I, and I've seen this happen. I've, I've, I've seen men who were just, just mean-spirited and evil-minded who just beat everybody in the house. And, and I also have, have heard of women who equally grew up in a home and environment where they had to fight, had to fight their brothers and had to fight their fathers and, and had to fight those people who desired to rape them. And, and, it, and they grew up with a, with a fighter's mentality. And now that they're married, that they're together, uh, they make sure that anyone that crosses that line, I'm about to tighten you up. So they stay locked and loaded for conflict. And I'm saying this, guys, is that where you are, you must get to safety. Do you not know that I heard that even Uber, Uber will, will, will take you for free if there's a place that you desire to go to escape. So you can call the police. If you can't call, you can call Uber. Uber will take you away. I know what you're saying. Well, then where am I going to live? Where am I going to go? The shelters are so filled. I understand what you're saying. But the most important thing is for you to get to safety. The most important thing, if you got to sleep on a relative's floor, if you got to sleep at someone's your church's floor, if you, if whatever it takes to do, you got to be willing to do just that because this is a heart issue. It's being played out as a physical issue, but it's rooted in a heart issue, and that is angst and anxiety, and the fact of that really is about, it's, it's a kingdom fight. It's a fight for my kingdom versus God's kingdom. And so what they're fighting for is their rule, their reign, their right to be in control. And they will strike down anything or anybody that literally gets in the way of what they're dealing with. And so, and, and so I want to just share with you this in the scripture the Bible talks about uh, in, in James 1, 19 and 20. Because James is a very practical book. He's about practical living. James is about the reality that if you're a Christian, you ought, to, you ought to live like you're a Christian. It ought to look like it. He's not deep on a whole lot of theology and a whole lot of verbiage and a whole lot of $400 words you get from the seminary. No, he's meat and potato. That if you say you love God, live like it. 
If you say you got faith, show it by your works. If you say that, in fact, you love people, then demonstrate it by helping people. But he talks for a minute here about this thing called anger. He says, this you know, my brother, everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Verse 20. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. He said there's, there's two kingdoms that conflict. And that is the very anger of man, that uncontrollable, the, the, the anger that's rooted in our own pride, our own willing to play God. The anger of man never fulfills the righteousness of God. There are two opposing kingdoms that are at work. And what he's trying to tell us today is that he says, listen, that, that what's in our hearts is that we should be slow to anger. We all get angry sometimes. Yes, we do. The Bible never said don't get angry. It said don't get angry and don't sin. But it's saying that this anger of man, that, that, that when we take the, the posture that it's my job uh, to return evil for evil, or it's my job to, to uh, instigate evil, or it's my job to keep you in your place, then at that point in time, it's the anger of man. It is a, it is a rogue kind of anger, a roguish kind of anger. And I'm talking to someone today because the reality of it is you've been angry for a mighty long time. And I'm saying that that anger that you have is roguish, unrighteous, and it will result in your destruction. God understands we live in a world that's filled with stress and stressors. He understands that. And that's why the, the, the only place of relief, the only place of, of, of which the anger and the stressors and all the pressure that the valve can be pulled is only through Jesus Christ. God desires you to come to Christ with all of your anger and all your hatred and all your bitterness and all your offenses and being offended. That's why Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. God wants to give you rest today. I'm talking to some offender right now. I'm talking to someone who's an abuser right now. Now, I'm talking to someone right now who you spent your whole time intimidating people. And I want to encourage your heart today that God understands where you are. He understands why you are where you are. But he's never going to settle for where you are. What you are doing, my brother, what you are doing, my sister, is terribly wrong. And God wants to liberate you from the wrong. Because the person that you are attacking is not the individual who caused the actual separation in your spirit. It's not the one they may have hurt you but what they have done, but the hurt they have done does not warrant the action you're about to take because they sinned and now you're about to sin in return for their sinning and you can't go back down that road and I want to tell some man, some woman some boy or girl today that listen the anger of man can never achieve what God's will is. You ought to want God's will because in the midst of God's will, there's healthiness, there's wholeness, and there's healing. You're doing what you're doing because there's something sick in your heart, something sick in your mind, and God wants to bring the healer. God wants to bring the elixir of salvation and the elixir of maturity uh, that you cannot live in that. You say, well, I'm the one that's being beaten. I'm the one being threatened. I'm the one who has a gun pulled on. What are you going to say to me? My encouragement to you to, first of all, my brother or my sister or a child, is get to safety. If someone pulls a gun on you, someone's threatening you, uh, you don't risk your life. You get out of there. You call the police.
And then when they come, you do file the charges. You cry out. You call out. You get out of there. Though everything within you is going to make you feel like, well, I brought this on myself. No, you may have done something, but you don't bring someone's abuse on you on yourself. You don't bring someone putting a gun in your face on yourself. You don't bring someone going upside your head or beating your children or, or threatening not to feed your children. You didn't cause that. That's their own angry heart. So you got to run to safety. And the second thing, you got to allow people to come into your world right now and heal you. You need to call someone and, and connect with some agency or connect with the church that will open the word of God and help you walk through to rebuild what's been broken because it has been broken. You know it's been broken. I know it's been broken. But this whole thing of domestic violence is a, is a terror because people who are in domestic violence, many times they become also people who have become domestic violencers. They also do to others what's been done to them because they never found a way <clears throat> to release the pain, to release the hurt. And I'm saying that today God wants to release you from it. There is no sin. There is no issue so grave or so great that God can't heal you from. So what have I said? I've said that this is a global pandemic. This is called intimate terrorism. You're in the same environment. You're in the same house. You're in the same apartment. You're in the same space. And you hate him. You hate her. Y'all hate each other. And yet you're joined together. I'm saying you can't sit there and premeditate murder or premeditate how you're going to get your revenge. You've got the one. You got to get out of there. You got to go someplace. You got to number two, you got to give your heart to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you with your heart because the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. In other words, you don't fulfill God's will. And you got to get the help and someone can help heal what has happened. That God can bring a whole new season uh, into your family, into your life. But you can't excuse it. You can't excuse it. And you can't blame yourself for it. And you can't alibi for it. And you can't be in secrecy about it because this is a this is this is a red alert and you need help and you need help right now. So I'm asking you today that if you just come out. If you just come out by the grace of God, come out for the glory of God. I know this is that I want to make it seem like you know this is so quick, fast, and a hurry, and just some preacher talk or, or just some pastor espousing some some pastoral rhetoric. No, 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 no. I am saying I understand more than you know. I understand what you're in. I understand what you're going through. But I'm saying that God wants to liberate you from that. God doesn't want you to be there and become a a that. He don't want you to stay there and become someone on the news. He don't want to see you to be there when you could have called Fort Bend, could have called Harris County, could have called Montgomery County, could, could have called Texas, could, could have called someone in Louisiana. Whoever you need to call, you need to call somebody and get to the place of safety because God desired to do work on you. That lady, that lady, that lady who made that phone call, um, they talked her down. Don't know what she did after that. But at no point in time did she ever say, I was just playing. I was just joking. No, she was dead serious. Just like some of you, you are dead serious. Don't know what the outcome of the story was because they tried to refer her offline to someone that could help her. And I'm going to ask you that as you're watching this, if you would just contact us here at Friendship, uh, at info at friendshipcbc.com. If you would just text, email, info at friendshipcbc.com. If you would just go online and type that. I'm Pastor Hamlet. Put my name in there. I promise you that I, myself, and the people that I'm connected with, out, even outside of this church, we will get you some help. 
help. We will do everything we can possibly do to help you, but first to get you to safety. And then we can start the ministry aspect. And I'm talking to the person who's the abuser and the one who's been abused because God wants to bring healing and salvation to both. He bring it to both because Christ came to set the captives free. And right now, you're not free indeed. But let me pray for you because I know this is hard for some of you to hear because many of you, it may not be you, but it's someone you know. It's someone in your family. It's someone in your circle of influence. It's a church member. Maybe it's a coworker who's also right now uh, living in this in this content. And you talk to them every day, but you never talk about this. I'm going to pray God will bring someone across your path that you'll be able to help them find their way to safety and to salvation and to freedom. So I want to pray for you just for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we do pray, God, right now in this pandemic we're in and all the underbelly, all the nastiness and all the heart issues, all the stressors of being forced together are now manifest themselves, Lord, in a very devilish form and fashion. I do pray, God, for the one that is the abuser, that, God, you would take the anger, take the hatred and the bitterness, and, Lord, let their heart, Lord, find healing in you and you alone, God. There'll be forgiveness and restoration. For those that's been abused, God, who've been just beat down and whipped down, if not physically, certainly psychologically and emotionally, Lord God, I ask and pray, God, that they would not try to find help at the, at, the, at the end of a liquor bottle, but find help in the Savior. Lord, let them cry out and call out. Send someone their path that won't leave them, Lord God, until they're in a place of safety and they can get help. I pray, God, for this context and the time we're living in, that, Lord, we've been silent long enough. I pray, God, you would not allow, Lord God, the enemy, God, to destroy, to deceive, to bring death on a household, Lord God, upon a family or in a generational line. You can set them free, and I pray that you would, Lord God, right here, right now, on this day. We thank you, Lord God, that there's no aspect of our lives that you don't care about. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I thank God for you being here at the kitchen table. Go tell somebody. Call the Nims, Mama Nim, Daddy Nim, Cousin Nim, all the Nims, and let them know what you heard here today at the kitchen table. And that is that you no longer do you have to suffer in silence. There's help. There's help. There's help. May God help you. May God bless you. May God keep you. And I'll see you next week right here at the kitchen table. Mm -hmm.